Steve. How are you? Wonderful. It's You're podcast wonderful. day. I, it is podcast day. Um, what was I going to say? It was. I had a wonderful weekend because I got to see you this weekend. Was, uh, and watch well, hockey first. There you and, go. Yeah. And watch hockey first. Um, the hockey game was not quite that enjoyable, um, but it's always enjoyable to spend some time with you. Anyways, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we've got uh, a couple things we're gonna we're gonna bounce all over the place today. I think I think is what we're gonna cool. do. That is the theme of today's show. Um, I. I have thoughts about a lot of things and I think we're just going to kind of maybe put bows or attempt to put bows or maybe not even put any bows on those. Um, the bows so, are exciting there for a second. We can tie some stuff up. Yeah, sure. We'll go Put your that. finger on top of the box, tie a little bow. It'd be great. I still can't tie. I, you know, I struggle with tying my shoes. Do you, I, no, I guess maybe once. Really? Yeah. I, it's, I, my shoes come untied a lot, so. That's today's fun fact for you about okay. Darian. And you have trouble, you had then have trouble, trouble retying them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or they just come untied a lot. It's they come come untied a lot. It's it's ugly. It's bad. Okay. Okay. Velcro. Uh, yeah. Nah, well, it's where it's where I'm headed. Okay. All right. Um the biggest news in college football world to speak of this week is of course um Nick Saban retiring. Uh and I think we should discuss that. From our usual perspective, which is a media perspective, uh, given that he's relatively young for someone that is kind of doing this, um, probably wants to do this, or at least is a, is a football mind and probably can't shut that off easy. To me, it feels like a no-brainer for him to go to ESPN after this. And I have to wonder if that was why he promptly, quickly kind of retired out of nowhere uh, since the last time we talked. Well, and ESPN had the exclusive interview, right? And ESPN guy broke the story. Um, yeah, if if he is if he is doing media next fall or before, and it's not in some way with ESPN, it's a f- failure on their part. Probably a big failure, right? Because they're SEC exclusive next year. Yeah, like I mean, it, it would be a good get for anybody. It would be a good get for anyone. But I think if ESPN were to fail to secure him, it would be a failure in terms of media talent. I think the thing with Saban to me is we've had this awakening over the last, uh, however many years now, probably what five years, I would say he's been a part of postseason coverage that he's not necessarily involved in with college football. And I don't know, he, he comes off as this hard ass, but he's very amicable, a very amicable guy. And he also does a great job of explaining football um, for somebody that's so smart about football. He do, he can break it down in an ability that anybody that kind of tunes in and knows a little bit about football understands and gets. So I don't know. I obviously like there's no, there's only speculation at this point. Um, but I, I just, it, to me, it makes a lot of sense for him to be on ESPN with, I think with him doing the McAfee show this year also. And then, I mean, Corso is not going to be around forever. And I think, he's the he's a smart succession plan and even if he does this for five games of the year as opposed to all 14 15 weekends that that it takes i think the viewer is better for it i think i agree um and and i it's tough to hear people like him say hey i'm doing this for to enjoy more time with family or do whatever else and then say okay sign me up for 15 weeks of to be 
any place except with my family. So I hope he does pick his spots. I hope they do find a way for him. Um, but it, it just seems like, you know, out of one side of my mouth, don't do it all. But on the other side, he fits on game day in some ways that that make some sense and give them some gravitas and help that show out. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think anywhere he shows up, he's gonna, it's, it's going to be better for people who want to learn more about college football. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, in a weird way, it's it's 15, maybe maybe 16, 17 with press junk. It, it, like those, it's very finite, and it's really only probably Friday to Sunday or Thursday to, to, to Sunday, as opposed to now where it's 24-7 and you hear about yeah. these coaches that don't even get a vacation day at any point in the year. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's no spring ball. There's no college. There's no high school kids to right. deal with. There's no parents to deal with. So, yeah, even 17 or weeks or so is, much, is a much better deal. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't know. It's just I very much this is me very much saying I want him on my television talking to me about football because why not? Like Bill Belichick's not going to do it. He's he doesn't have the personality to do it. We have learned, seen from Saban that he does have this ability to to do it. So why not take advantage of that? Um I wanna also just put this in the Penn State perspective of of kind of the way everything shook out and the, the some of the funniness that that shook out with some of the tweets about um, buyouts, uh, particularly the one from Pete Thamel that got edited and then added James Franklin's name in there. There seemed to be a subset of people that thought that there was no way in hell that Alabama wouldn't think about James Franklin at all. And I'm not saying that they would, would 100% or I know anything, but I just don't think that that was necessarily taken in reality when we've watched James Franklin how many times over the last umpteen years flirt with other schools, allegedly. Um, and I think when you look at what Saban was, Saban was the GM coach, right? Like that he was, but he was also just very, he was good around about surrounding him with the best people that money could essentially buy. And I think ultimately James Franklin is trying to do that. Maybe has some game day issues. Um, but I I just, I think Penn State fans just are not lucky, but a little bit lucky to get out of out of this coaching carousel relatively unscathed in the head coaching department right now. That's my weird spicy take that you probably don't agree with. Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm... I don't know if I'm hearing exactly what you're saying, but I, I think it's great that there was a coaching, a major coaching job that's arguably better than the Penn State job that thank God James Franklin's name wasn't associated with again, that he that he wasn't going to get that that would have been silliness, right? Like it was nice to go through this process and credit Alabama for getting it done quickly. I don't think James Franklin was ever seriously on their radar. But he was but on the list. Like he was never right, not. But it's nice list. that it, it's nice that as a Penn state fan, as much as I am a fan to not have my school play it against some other school again for the coach to get some more money when we've talked over and over about what we know the football looks like during the season. Is Jimmy Sexton the most powerful man in college football? Darn close. If he's not right. I mean, he doesn't shape the sport so much as the people who make the sport happen on the field. And, and I think those jobs, those coaching jobs and going back to Saban are a younger man's thing and maybe not like the King forever kind of stuff. So maybe the agent, and the coaches will lose a little bit of power in the next five or 10 years, just because 
gosh, what, what a drill, what drudgery, right? Like what, what year round, nobody, I mean, okay. It might be seven or $9 million, but you're, you're working 24, seven, 365. Cause somebody could call, somebody could transfer a parent could do whatever else is. It's just not until they reel that stuff in coaching. The NFL is much better than coaching college football right now. I think about that a lot. And I think the main thing that I think about with that is we, we saw that happen in state college with Bill O'Brien, right? Like he was burnt out. Like you could, you could tell even after two years, aside from the extra before pressure. Before the free agency and right. NIL and whatever Yeah, else. like yeah. I, I, I think about that. I think about that with guys like Vrabel and all of some of these other guys. Like if I make it to the NFL as a coach, I'm never going back to college, even if it was for my alma mater, because it's, it. I just don't think, not that those guys don't work as hard or work hard, but it's just, you don't have to be that 24 seven. I, I don't think as much. I forget if I told you that when, when I was covering Pitt years ago, there was an offensive line coach named Jack Henry who coached for the San Diego chargers came to Pitt to coach their offensive line. And I asked him, I mean, he had lost the job, the chargers, but I was asking, you know, what's the difference between pros and college? He said, look, football's football. He said, but you just change different bags at the door. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, look, in the NFL, I got to worry about a guy, his family life, something with his wife and whatever else. He said, in college, I got to worry about a kid going out drinking. Maybe you got parents to deal with. He said, it's just different baggage at the door. The sport itself is the same. And I'm like, well, which one's better? He's like, you know, depends on what you have the patience for. He said, we're about to find out what I have the patience for. Cause it was, you know, college was just starting back up again for him. But I think that's with OB and some other stuff. It's one thing to have prima donnas you're going to deal with in the NFL and agents and challenges and whatever else. I still remember riding the caravan bus with with O'Brien, and I think it was, I think it was Brenneman who called on the phone when he was getting recorded and was like, or when he was getting recruited, and, and when when Ob got off the call, he's like, "This guy, this kid keeps calling me dude on the phone." He said, "When that guy gets to campus, it's gonna f and be coach. Like I'm not his dude, <laughs> right?" And, and it and you get that I'm sure more from kids now, entitled and whatever else. So it's just what you want to deal with, and, and I just feel like the NFL has less stuff. Yeah, I I just no no desire no desire to be a college football head coach. You have to be different. It it you have to be built built different. And I think I, I wonder if especially with with like you mentioned like all of the other stuff that is involved with college football now, which is NIL, transfer portal, the way the playoffs shake out, the conference expansion, everything else. I wonder if we're going to see less mastermind coaches and more GM coaches, more coaches that are, okay, I know a, a little bit about how to coach and, and and handle this situation. I need you, offensive coordinator, you, defensive coordinator, to handle the actual X's and O's and, and come to me with a plan and I'll sign off on it type thing. Maybe yeah, I don't that's think they ever it say works. it that way, right? I don't think yeah. they'd say it that way. But I think you're going to have more people who are, you, you, I don't, it would seem very difficult to manage the X's and O's along with all the off-field stuff. You're going to have an area of expertise. You're going to sign off on stuff. Not that you're not going to be connected, but it just would seem really hard to do all that really well, which I, so I think you're right. You might not have the mastermind. I also think you won't have the people who are there 30 years at a spot or 20 years mm -hmm. at a spot. I mean, you've got a decade of James Franklin. Man, I think 10 or 12 years, 10, 15 years for somebody somewhere is just going to be enough, even with success, right? It just becomes... Tough, especially with the money they're making at this level now. At some point, you could say, thank you. I've got enough. I'm taking my money and, and actually going to enjoy life.
Yeah, I mean. But they aren't wired that way either. Honestly. No, I, that's a good point. I, I think about that. That's funny you say that because I think about that a lot with James Franklin, right? Like, is there, speak going back to Saban, there is that video of him getting in his Ferrari, right, in his garage and showing that to a recruit. What does James Franklin spend his money on? And and I, where I'm going with that is essentially there has to become a point where you look at your bank account and say, I think I'm good. I've got enough here to be quite comfortable for the rest of my life without everybody yelling at me for every little decision that I make. I don't know. And, and I think it's just also going back to what you said, some of these people are just wired differently than you and I. No, it's the competitor. I'm, I'm sure that's yeah. what it is, right? Like it's the competitor in them in the competition. So that's great. But man, yeah. I, I, you know, if you're someone who's 51 years old and the head coach of a football program and you've had good success and you get four or five more years out of it and, and do good. And I don't know, like you could go on TV and make almost as much money with since certainly 75% less headaches. So, yeah. I mean, if, and that's the thing with Saban, right? Like, and I think even we, we, there was that being alluded to allegedly or whatever with Mike Tomlin of, of maybe TV. And, and we saw that with, you know, we just kind of see it with some of these players and, and, and Matt Ryan, I feel like is a good example of that maybe could have had a little bit longer of an NFL career, but at least there's, it's easier money in my opinion, not that what people do for TV isn't hard work, but it's just, yeah. So, okay. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on saving. It's good. It's weird now that it's going to be weird without him around. Like, I know that sounds, I know he's not dead, but it's just kind of going to be weird without this. No, it was, it was something that was kind of guaranteed. Past yeah, decade and a half, you knew yeah. they were going to win 10 or 11 games and he was going to be the anchor to what kept that program going forward or the, you know, the, the lead cow and what kept that thing going forward. So yeah, it will be different. Um, if you're Kirby smart, you're certainly happy about it. Uh, okay. Anyways, mm. moving on. Uh, big, big, news that it probably didn't make a lot of headlines at least in our world um so penn state and playfly playfly sports properties have entered a 15-year multimedia rights agreement what that means for you the fan is learfield which is the primary um carrier of advertising uh, at penn state is going to leave the partnership with Penn State Athletics and this Playfly organization um, is going to come in. What I I think that means is I think this is Pat Kraft kind of putting his first stamp on how business is operated, um, just because this is the first time he's probably had the opportunity with the way the contract is up. Um, what it really means for fans, I don't know. In theory, it's going to mean more money hopefully i guess for the athletic department um at least that's why you partner with a new business opportunity um the most recognizable way um that fans interact with these two companies are or that really that company is 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 the voice of steve jones jack ham brian tripp um dick girardi those are really the the biggest connection points that you might not even realize so I'm interested to see what changes. Are there going to be more advertisements in the stadium? Are there going to be better advertisements in the stadium? There's a there's a line on Playfly's website about naming rights for stadiums. Is that that going to happen? I think I think we're going to see a little bit 
of a change in the ways you have to kind of sort of really look for, that's the biggest takeaway with this new partnership, um, at least in my opinion, that, that I've caught um, so far. Yeah, I think fans who consume games, streaming or radio, probably aren't going to notice a huge difference next year. You know, you'll hear the broadcasters talk about, oh, and thanks to whoever it is back in Jefferson City, right, which is where they produce the stuff for Learfield. Not going to be Jefferson City. It's going to be wherever Playfly is based. Um, so I don't think that stuff will change. I don't think the talent will change. I mean, the, the talent's contract is with Learfield and not the university. So, I mean, I guess it could. But I, I would be surprised if that changed. People would be furious. Yeah, unless somebody got a better gig somewhere. I mean, you know, the only one that could change would be Brian for some reason, but I don't see that changing. No. Um, I, I think what people will say, I think there'll be stuff, more stuff monetized. I do think you will see more content coming from athletics that will be an addendum or a premium. You know, you've talked about Big Ten Plus through the years. I guess I would, an easy, and some of it that's happening now with athletics themselves and maybe more may have a play fly is podcasts coming out, video production. I, I think there's going to be stuff like that, activations around the stadium, but, you know, whether it's different or better than the farm stuff or whatever else we've talked about in the past. All those areas are places where the athletic department is looking to make revenue and, and PlayFly's deal is to help them make that revenue. So, or, you know, find those areas where they can make more revenue. So I think there'll be more stuff like that that, some fans may notice be like, oh, this wasn't here before, and now you're asking me for it, more for it, or this is was free before. And and Learfield did, I think part of their deal was ads even in the alumni in the Penn Stater. I think they kind of controlled that as part of the deal too, mm. in terms of what was so there's a lot of different tentacles in stadium advertising. Yeah, like I think if you're looking, there will be changes and maybe a decent number. I'm not not in a bad way, but just more opportunities. This stuff's going to be, I, I would be shocked if there were more opportunities where stuff's being branded and sold to you because that's the gig. I think, you know, I don't think the sponsorships either are going to change and we'll get to that. I have a, we have a note on that here in a second. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, I wonder, I want to know why Penn State made this change. I, I really do because that's, that's what's, itching in the back of my head because Penn state has been partnered for with Learfield for how many years now? I, I don't know. It's, but it's, it's certainly felt like a decent chunk of my lifetime. Do I hear Steve go, Jones going presented by Learfield sports? Um, you know, and I, I just wonder, like I said, I think this might be Pat Kraft's first crack at it. Let's see what, what new ways we can generate revenue. Um, I don't know. I I Depend don't mind it. Go ahead. No, to Penn State's credit, no matter how the market has been shaped through the years, it has it has done a good job of being the leader. So Learfield, Penn State has been active in that, been a partner for probably 20, almost 30 years. Before that, Penn State was one of the last groups that did its own radio network and things. And there was a time in the late 80s, early 90s, a guy by the name of Dean Jordan cobbled together the network. The team was good in the late 80s. I did the two national championships. They had affiliates literally coast to coast from like Boston to LA radio stations that were picking up their stuff. Um, and that's when stuff was in-house. And then it started going to these conglomerates like Lex like Kentucky and Louisville were held by like host communications was the group. And now they're one of the groups in it. Fox Sports has a group that does it. Playfly, Learfield. There's like five players, big players in this market stuff of people's rights now. So I, I don't think people will notice a big change. And I think that's probably the intent, but I think 
athletics intent is that, that they find a way to value what they have already and, and create different revenue streams, you know, for to support the athletic department. I was just looking here, you know, even in the big 10 itself, some of these brands have are involved. You've got Maryland and Nebraska, UCF does stuff, uh, Michigan state Auburn. So it's, it's not like they're going with some Joe Schum, Joe Schmo right. company um, there. And they got I, Pennsylvania roots. They're somewhere in Southeast yeah, Pennsylvania. Some of their wonder offices. They're, they're from Berwyn, it says in the press release. Um, so I, I don't think it means a whole lot for fans right now. It's just something to keep your eyes out if it's something you pay attention to in the future, I think would be the best. Yeah, because it'll be July 1st or so when it hits. So, yeah. Um. So I wanted to hit on that. Uh as I mentioned, we went to the hockey game this weekend, and, and this ties in with advertising. Here is here is what I noticed, and here's what made me think about this. We we're sitting at the game, watching the game, and they've got the ads are on the boards, and then they've got the ads on the, the ice, and then they've got the ads on the Jumbotron and everything. And my first question came to mind was, I wonder how much this costs. Like, I wonder how much, say we wanted, say our podcast here, um, our very profitable business wanted to go out and advertise at Penn State. I wonder what the floor is. Like, and is does it matter based on what sport? Or do I have to like sign on for X number of sports that includes basketball? And because I can't really think like I can't really think about one sport that is sponsored by like football is different, but like I can't think about of the Olympic sports, one sport that is sponsored differently than another sport. I, and, and maybe I just haven't been to that many games. Or no, wrestling used to be presented by the family clothesline. Like they were the presenting sponsor for wrestling a couple of years ago. Um, I don't, I know we looked at stuff uh, from the college, the Bellasario College a couple of years ago. Um, Schreier, was it Schreier? Or somebody did a, did like a trivia question in the stadium and it was, but to even do that, we talked about sponsoring the interview as the coach came off the field. You know, the interview that's on radio, let's put it on the scoreboard and bring it off the field. Like they came to us with ideas. I'm like, oh, we can't afford anything you're talking about. But what if we did this? And the number was still like high five figures, low six figures for that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of money in that. And, and I don't know that there's a one-off where you can just dip your toe in and say, hey, we want to do gymnastics. We want to do men's and women's gymnastics and be the presenting sponsor for. Now that may exist for them. Should probably look what we're talking. Um, but no, it's not, it's not an inexpensive. And I and so that's a great question by you in the front end. And the back end for me is what's the ROI? That's like, what I was just gonna like, say. Like if you're high mark, high mark health systems, right? Everybody has to choose their health system. In November, right when open enrollment is, or December. So, so what are you trying? Is it just name recognition? What are you trying to make happen by doing that? Because your your customer base is is kind of locked down. It seems like mm -hmm. at least with my experience with healthcare. Yeah. So, yeah. Th so that's an, an you know just those kind of things. Like, yeah, I, I for again, not big no surprise for me coming from the, the nonprofit and smaller nonprofit world. When I think about investing six figures in something. Okay, yeah, you've seen my name, but can I make a difference with those six figures somewhere else? Like, I would probably opt for the latter, but that's, I guess, me. Well, and that's like the certain construction companies, right? Or even, or even New Holland, who is primarily a large farming equipment. Like Hershey, I get because I can go out and buy a Hershey bar. I can't go out and buy a combiner. They're they cost more than my house, two of my houses. Um, so I don't know. I was thinking about that, and and I think the ROI question is what I was wondering is. 
when I, when I think about that type of brand exposure marketing, you look at some of the brands that are, that were there or, or Pepsi and, and obviously Penn State's a Pepsi school, et cetera. But you look at some of those names and it's like, they, do they make a profit off of this? Maybe. Yes. Like, I guess you have to advertise at some point. Um, so that's what I was, I was wondering. And then the second thing I was wondering that I caught that I, I, I just recently noticed this and maybe it's been a thing for quite a while. I was watching the basketball game and on the, I don't know, really know if it's a scoreboard. It's an ad board along the mm -hmm. sideline between the coaches. There was an ad for Middlesworth chips, which if you're from Pennsylvania, who doesn't love that? So we went to the hockey game the other night and there's a, on the, the bench, there's an ad for middle or Middlesworth chips. And then on the ice, there is an ad for Utz chips or just Utz brands. So here's what I want to know if anybody that's listening cares at this point. What's the difference and why why are they allowed to compete with each other uh, for that advertising dollar? Because I don't think they're owned by the same people as one, the official potato chip and one of the official snack brand. I don't know. But it was just I think something that's what it, I, I think that's what it is. That was something interesting I noticed. I was thinking about that. I noticed there was an ad before the for um Sioka dealerships yep, Sioka dealerships but you also have yep Blaze Alexander yep. before the game so I, I I wonder what the exclusivity there is so essentially what I am wondering is I wonder what the difference is I wonder how those contracts are written and I want to know what the the ROI is and, and maybe we can get somebody on to maybe we can because you know what I noticed is missing as we were talking about well when I was at the hockey game because they had what Five, five power plays they didn't do anything with in the first period. There's no longer a power play sponsor. Used to be, and Ooh. this was a this was a um, who was it? It was McClanahan's. Mm -hmm. Five or ten years ago, it was a free sub. If they if they got a, scored a power play goal, then it became a buy one get one sub. Which fine stuff changes, and maybe they gave away a lot of subs. But there's not a power play. You're, they're not on the the McClanahan's power play this year. They're not on anybody's power play this year. So, and again, you sell as any inventory you have, right? And maybe they couldn't find somebody to bite for that. But I, I always think all that stuff is interesting. Like, what's it worth to somebody? How's that do? You know, if you're Sioka and, and um, who's the other Blaise. one? Blaze Alexander, right? Is somebody from those places has got to be when they go to games saying, okay, are we getting, we're supposed to be getting, or they mention them as much as they are, right? So, and that's somebody's job on the other side is to make sure all those deliverables are where they're supposed to be. So it's a, it's a, it's an intriguing industry to me. So maybe hopefully we can have somebody talk a little bit about it. Uh, I had a thought there and I forget what it was. Oh, I know. The one thing I have noticed, and that was my first Penn State sporting event, non-football sporting event since last hockey season that I went to a hockey game. Um, I feel like I have noticed anecdotally a shift from the state college businesses mm -hmm. to the Pennsylvania businesses. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with supporting Pennsylvania businesses, but I wonder why or how that decision was made. Um, and maybe it's just the local businesses in state college can't afford to do that when that's, you know, that's very unfortunate, but I don't know. Those are just some some other thoughts I've yeah, had. Good stuff. And I, I, I would, if I had to guess and, and venture some money, it would be the, the latter of that. Like, I think that the market has changed in what they're asking for and what stuff costs that it's it's probably more regional, even national 
than local. And and some of this stuff, well, not the ones we talked about so far, but some of this stuff gets sold by Learfield, right? Which says, hey, we're in all these schools. You're going to get a piece of this. And some of that is is part of the deal that right. way too. So. Right. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that's it for advertising talk today. Um, real quickly, I do want to hit on the last bit of sports media news that came out from this weekend. Uh, it would have been Saturday night. Uh, the Chiefs played the – who did the Chiefs play? I forget who the Chiefs the Dolphins. played. The Dolphins, that's right. Um, in a matchup that any other year would, would have been broadcasted probably on NBC, but this year was broadcasted on Peacock. And it was, I think they said, the most streamed event, live streamed event continually ever at 25-ish million was what Mike Tirico came on and weirdly told us at halftime half of the Lions game yesterday. We have Peacock here, so I, I, do you guys have it? And if so, would you go out of your way to spend the five ninety nine to watch that game if you were not a Bills or Chiefs fan? I think we have it only because of either a phone promotion and or one of our daughter's friends putting it on our TV, putting the app on our TV at one point. So I think we could have watched it. Um and we needed it for a Penn State game this year, which I can't remember. It was a home game. I don't know if we, we talked about it, but I, I, yeah. but I don't know that I watched I think I came back and listened to it on the radio. Yeah. Um, even if we had had it, um, I wasn't that interested in the game. Like we were watching something on Netflix Saturday night, some series we got into. Um, I thought the people's angst about it, especially national media members who have like their own podcast they charge money for, mm-hmm. was kind of ironic, right? That um, Look, this is where it's gone. Like, And the number's about where you thought it would be. I didn't think it was going to be any less than 20 million, probably 22, 23. And it was at 23, 25. So that's great. There's going to be a game streamed every year from now on, for sure. Like it's just, it's worked. They know it. It's, and people didn't turn the TV off or not watch. It makes me wonder. I know this idea had been kind of like jokingly floated when this first came out of, is the Super Bowl going to go pay-per-view? Like, and I think, they just that like collectively we just kind of proved that it it works that we would buy. It'll be the last thing that it'll be a while yet, but yeah, I mean, and, and I, the only issue I have, the nitpicky issue I have with the streaming, and, and probably Susan has it more than me. Like if you paid for the streaming service, then give me some shoulder programming in between. Why you? Why they're they're double dipping with the commercials, just like cable used to do for years, right? Mm-hmm. Buy your subscription and sell the ads. If it's a subscription service, that's the, the best thing we like about subscription viewing services. No commercials. Right. Give me the same during sports. Just give give me a dedicated camera on something if you want, but don't sell me another ad, right? Because then I feel like I paid my I paid my money, and it's cheap, right? If you don't want to go to the game or can't go to the game, and it costs five ninety nine to get your team on TV, that's cheaper than NFL Sunday ticket probably, right? Per yeah. game, so go ahead and do it. I I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with the. And it's there's nobody to blame, but there's nobody to blame, but everybody to blame, which is just like now you got Peacock, now you got Disney Plus, right. now you got this and that. I think my major gripe with it is the commercials still do feel weird, but my brain is so trained that when I think it was on the fourth quarter of the Peacock game, one of the two NBC broadcasts this weekend, they did not air um essentially they did not air commercials during the fourth quarter. Right. It was fine, but I actually like weirdly 
as a home viewer, missed that reprieve of, okay, glued into the TV, watching the TV. Now I'm going to go look at my phone during the commercials. Right. And then, and so maybe that's why they did it, but I don't know. That would be my, my only takeaway. Yeah. I have no issue with the, the whole Peacock idea. Um, I also appreciate that in the market. So in the Miami market and in the Kansas city market, you, you could still, anybody could still turn those games on. Um, it, it does suck. It does suck for a place like Pittsburgh, where there's the Pittsburgh DMA, and then you've got the Altoona Johnstown DMA. And I don't think that translates over because, like, when the games are on Amazon, they're not necessarily on um, right. the Channel local two, ABC. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Right, exactly. So, yep. um, that's annoying if you're you live a little bit closer. Um, so, I don't know. It's here to stay. There's not really much we can do about it, but I think that's where we're we're headed. Um, anything else? Nope. Peacock's okay. here to stay. Look at all the pretty colors on the bird. That's great. Yep. All right. Um, this week's old guy again, guy brought to you by Steve. Okay. So we have two chip sponsors for, mm-hmm. for Penn State Sports or a snack sponsor and a chip sponsor, which when Darian mentioned that might prompted me to think, oh, I got a chip, old guy, young guy chip thing. And I, this is a revelation that I shouldn't have given to him an email because now I, I can't get his reaction. Mm-hmm. Salsa and nacho chips were not a thing. Until I, for me, right, in central Pennsylvania, middle of nowhere, like we had ruffle chips, we had barbecue chips, but like it wasn't, we didn't have, because we didn't, we were in the middle of nowhere, we didn't have like a chi cheese restaurant, right? We didn't have, so Mexican food wasn't a thing. So salsa wasn't a condiment that I became aware of probably until college. This that's is the old, weirdest. That's an it, old guy thing. It's very weird. It's look a, at you. It, yeah, no, it, when you said this earlier, I thought this was weird and I still think it's weird now. I I still don't think my parents would have salsa in their house. I, if you went to my parents' refrigerator, unless we we had come for a visit or done something, my parents are not salsa people. I'm not going to say there's always salsa in our fridge, but more times than not, you open up our fridge and there is at least some form of a salsa. In chips. I knew that would freak you out. And that's, yeah, we, we at least at minimum always have tortilla chips because we, if we don't have salsa, we have probably a buffalo chicken, chicken dip. Yep. Um so yeah, that's a weird old guy, young guy thing. That so young people that are listening to this point and it's shorter, so your attention span, you might still be here. Ask your parents. I, I don't know. It was weird. That was. Did that you was have salsa weird... growing up? Yeah, okay. yeah. Never mind. All the time. Oh yeah, but you're in the big town of Altoona. You probably had a cheat. Driving Metropolis. We did. Uh, no, uh, I don't. I don't quite remember if Altoona. Yeah, had didn't the, didn't the champs that became a champ? Oh, you're right. You're right. Or was it no, a that Don was a Don Pablo's. That was a Don Pablo's. Um. El Campesino was the main Mexican restaurant. It still is, I think, main Mex- Mexican restaurant. I don't think there were any Mexican Williams Mexican restaurants in Williamsport except for mm. I don't know if there were many, right? And that was the big city for us, so that's why mm. I was I was salsa starved. Um. Okay. Well, that's it for this week's show. Lots of chip talk. Um. Anything else going on that we need to alert our viewers to? Oh, I I, I did add a Penn State Sports Hub, is what I'm calling it. I don't know. I haven't given it the name. Uh. The the Men's and women's basketball schedules, the men's and women's hockey schedule, and the wrestling schedule are on there in addition to the football schedules. So if you're looking for another about place the to... only place you can get that all except for the, the athletes. So come to us. You get a great podcast and the schedules. See, that's why we do it. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Um, I don't Maybe Steve might have a blog this week. We'll see. Um, you know, it's the off season in terms of a little slower right now, but bear with us. We're having fun. Um in the meantime, we've got uh, we've got a website. It's called stuffsummersays.com. On that website, there is a section called with Steve. 
Steve. Um, uh, let's see what else. We've got emails. Mine's Darian at StuffSummerSays.com. Steve's is? Steve at StuffSummerSays.com. Somewhere down in this general vicinity, you can thumbs up, like, and subscribe and do a bunch of other stuff. Um, so that would be great if you could do that. Um, and then other than that, we've got Twitter handles. Mine's at StuffSummerSays. Steve's is? At Steve Samsel. All right. Mm, that's about it. We're good. We're out of here. Okay, bye. See you.